Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. I think you have, I mean, your voice is on the radio. You're on a podcast, so by definition, your voice is a radio voice right now. Yeah, but a radio would hire, a radio station, right, would hire you. Uh-huh. And then they put me in charge of, like, the sound effects board. Like, if if Design Much got picked up as a radio, like, say we got our own, like, Sirius satellite channel or something, you know? <laughs> okay. Sir- Sirius would pick us up, and they'd be like, okay, Andy is going to talk, and then we're going to hire somebody else to come in and talk with him, and then we're going to have you, Patrick, <laughs> move over and run the sound effects board. <laughs> And so then I'd just be doing the boing and the zing and all that stuff. Sure. And I wouldn't say a word. You know, but sometimes there's those shows that have the, the guy in the background who, they, the, you know, the announcer, like, you know, talks to. Like, they say, like, they, they like bounce jokes off of, like, that's really funny, yeah. right, Patrick? And then you're, like, off in the side and you say yes or no, right? Yeah. Um, I think you would eventually, even if in this alternate reality, when we're a serious XM thing, and you're running the <laughs> the sound effects board. You'd eventually make it onto the show, Patrick. Yeah, because I do the, I do a couple of fart noises, and then you guys would laugh. Yeah. And then you would say something like "Right, Patrick," and I'd be like "Right," <laughs> and then I do another <laughs> fart noise. I think people, you know, those people that are that are good enough to make up those those fart noises, those amazing sound effects, and push that button at the right time. Those people, they have something to say, you know. They, they they can really add to a conversation. At least that's that's my belief. That's my hope of yeah. this world. So I think I think you'd make it on, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is America. Anything can happen. Dreams come true. Opportunities happen for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really, but yes. Not really, but yes. It could happen, right? It could happen. Maybe I'll start doing some vocal training exercises, and then turn my voice into like yours, or maybe I could be like. <laughs> Uh, learn how to be uh, like what do they call those people that can that can mimic other people? Oh, like impressionists. Yeah, maybe I could work on that. Maybe I would take a couple like impressionist courses and then come up with a character. Yeah, like a radio character, and I'll just play that radio my voice, and I could change my voice so it's it's less Muppet like and more like yours. I think that would be great. I think also like when we want to have guests on, you could just imp- impersonate them, and we would have that guest on. Yeah, that would be pretty. This good is idea. a genius idea. So don't tell anybody about this because we don't want them. You know, we don't want our <laughs> listeners to know. But I think we just figured. Yeah, it out. Yeah. Well, I've I've done Mrs. Doubtfire on the show before, <laughs> so everybody true. knows. Everybody knows that I have a talent for doing impersonations. <laughs> already, cat's already out of the That's bag. That's true. I think you've done more than Mrs. Doubtfire, honestly. <laughs> Um, let me think. I think you did um, Silence of the Lambs at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I, think... I can only do one line from yeah. that, though, right? The, the only one that people know from that movie, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually not in that movie? Did you know that? I didn't know. The line, hello, Clarice, is not in that movie. It... He never says that in that movie. Is that just Weird, like in the trailer or something? I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Wow. It's either that or like one of those things that like everybody collectively knows, but can't, you know, like one of those things that everybody like forgets at the same time. Yeah. I don't know what those are called, but, um, (laughs) you know what I mean, right? Uh You know what I mean too, listeners. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, the listeners know. Yeah. That's great. <sighs> what is our topic other than the uh, acquisition from Sirius XM <laughs> satellite radio? Um, yeah, Sirius. Congratulations on you acquisition, uh, the, the Adobe acquisition. That's going to be happening. Yeah. And he's going to work for Adobe now instead of work. That, that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's it has been announced officially. Um, it hasn't gone through yet. Um, and I don't know exactly, you know, what to expect out of all of that, but I'm excited. I think it should be pretty cool um, becoming an Adobe designer. So we'll see. Yeah. Do you think they'll buy the, uh, because because they've purchased you now, do you think they'll buy the design much property and then they'll they'll start funding us? <laughs> so we can have like a real studio? They, they might start funding us. At the same time, they might start replacing us as well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to show up to our, our episode one day and, you know, we're going to have two other people sitting in our chairs, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. With some Adobe XD shirts on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, then we're going to have to get, we're going to have to, we're going to have to sell out at that point. We're going to have to be like, hi, welcome to Design Much Podcast sponsored by <laughs> Adobe XD. If you guys would like to design something for your uh, users, why not use the world's number one? Number three, four, maybe, really, <laughs> in reality. Uh, design program, Adobe XD, features layers, features, we'd have to do a whole commercial, right? <laughs> features layers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. I think like a three-minute three minute ad spot. Um, yeah. That should do the trick, probably. Uh, and then a lot of product placement, too. Um, so mm-hmm. nobody really watches our podcast because it's not actually a video, but we have to have, you know, product placement logos everywhere and... You can see yeah. the Adobe shirt I'm wearing right now, right, Patrick, and mm-hmm. and uh, the Adobe sweat your, headband that I got going tattoo. on. Yeah. <laughs> the tattoo, the tattoo, you have. Yeah, I was trying to decide should I get it on my right cheek or my left, but I went with the left. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Um, well, and being that it's a podcast to do something like that would be we talk, we get a topic like, hey, how do you how do you design a box, right? Like that would be the topic. Yeah. And then it would be like, I don't know, Andy, let me pull up XD and see if there's a tool that we could use to design a box in XD. And then you'd hear like a couple of clicks and then it'd be like, oh, that was cool, Andy. Like, that was awesome that you did that. <laughs> it'd be more like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We'd have to describe what's happening rather than show you. Or they'd give us money. We could do a video podcast. Oh, how does it, how do you do a video podcast, Patrick? That's That's way too advanced for me. Isn't that called a vlog? Is that is that different than a video podcast? Yeah, that's different than a video podcast. A vlog is just a guy sitting in his car driving to work talking about stupid crap, right? And putting it on YouTube. Exactly. You have to kind of like, a vlog is like you're walking around with a camera. Like a, you're, you're, you're with that person living their life with them. That's what a vlog is. You know, you're not, you're yeah. not sitting down having a conversation. It's let's go on an adventure together. Um, so we could, we could do some vlogs, you know, we could, let's, let's go on a design adventure, you know, and design some rectangles. That would be exciting. Let's do it. That would be great. We're going to take up, we're going to take over Pablo Stanley. That's what we're talking about. I don't think you can take over Pablo Stanley. He's doing Figma together now. You seen that? No. Yeah. Now that he quit Envision. He's got his own company, and now he's doing Figma lessons. No way. You know how he used to do Sketch together? Yeah. 
Yeah, now he's moved off. He's moved off sketch. He's on Figma now. Dang, I didn't know that he quit Envision. Oh yeah, months ago. Dang, I got to keep up with this stuff. It's 2020, man. Things move fast these days. Apparently, I thought they moved slow, Patrick. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they move so slow that they happen quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like when something happens, you just don't even know. Yeah. All right, we're 10 minutes into the podcast here. What's our topic? We're moving quick here, Patrick. We're doing a great job. Is our topic people who do annoying people who do vlogs in cars while they're driving? Yes. And how to get acquired by Sirius slash Adobe. Yeah. Um, no, Patrick. Uh, let, let's check out our design topic, you know, our submitted uh, topics from our, our wonderful listeners. Um, to find out what our topic is. Yeah, I hope it's not Matt Bourne this time. <laughs> Why not? You don't like Matt Bourne topics? I don't know. We just we got to make room for other people here. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's a joke because I know it's probably going to be Matt Bourne, right? <laughs> well, um, it turns out, Patrick, that today today's topic is actually not from Matt Bourne. Can I guess who it is? Yeah. If it's not Matt Bourne, it's Ben Pham. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> is it really Ben it Pham? It is Ben Pham, yeah. Yes. Good call, man. I win. I win. This is like this is like getting the right this is like the mass singer when the judges get the right answer. I feel great about myself now. Yeah. Matt uh sorry, not Matt. Ben Pham wrote into the show and wants to know well, he wrote design QA process with engineers. Design QA process with engineers. Yes. So what is what is your um, a QA process that you can have with engineers as a designer? I'm going to paraphrase paraphrase what he's saying. Um, what what is your QA process with engineers? What is your QA process with engineers? Huh. That's tough. So you could rely on a QA. If you had a, if you have a hired QA, right? Uh-huh. Some people have manual or automated quality assurance individuals on their teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work with them. Uh, manual QA part of their job, right, is to test the UI to make sure it's it's up to design spec. So you can rely on them and and work with them um, to make sure that <clears throat> when things are built, they're built to design specification. Um, so that's one way to do it. I know a lot of people don't have QAs anymore. So um, in that sense, you probably have to rely, heavily rely on not, not, um, or heavily rely on making sure that you are checking the product and you are QAing the product from a design standpoint, making sure prior to release, like say when the design's up on stage, that you're clicking through it, checking it out, making sure everything's lined up correctly, making sure... Um, <clears throat> everything is as it's supposed to be designed um probably do that uh, the third option would be just constantly working with your engineers right yeah giving feedback getting feedback doing that process yeah absolutely and i think i think this would apply um if you had a qa um individual in your company or not or on your team or not 
I feel like it, it really works out a lot better if design is working with engineers anyway, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you don't just rely on a QA to do all the work, um, then I think overall you're going to have a better output. And um, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. Um, some experiences that I have had in my career, um, being able to, you know, when my work is actually, you know, getting built and getting shipped out to users, um, you find along the way that there's lots of things that you as a designer don't consider. Um, you find a lot of things that the developers don't consider and that they miss in your design. Um, those things can be from spacing, you know, how, how many pixels, how much padding does this need to have um, to like, um, you know, missing colors or missing portions. Um, a QA person can look at this and be like, okay, here's the criteria that I need to go and test. Um, and they can test it and see if it's good. Um, but at the same time, they can do that and see that it is good, but the designer is still going to see things that neither the QA person or the engineer is able to catch, right? I think all three of those individuals are able to catch things from different lenses and perspectives. And I think all three of them should work together um, in order to, to make sure that it works best. Um, as I'm going about designing my work, um, I think it is great to include QA, you know, while, you know, show your designs to a quality assurance individual, because um, they're going to start thinking of ways that they can break your design and ways that you're not considering at all. And showing it to engineers as well as they're going to be thinking of ways to build it, you know, the right way, um, seeing if this design will or won't work. Um, and I think as you're showing this design to those individuals and working with them, um, you're able to produce, you know, the best work. Nothing is going to be perfect. Things are always going to break. Um, you could have something that works really great when you're, you know, it's being built and it's like on, um, on staging or it's, you know, it's not really on production yet and you can go and play with it and it's perfect. And then as soon as they ship it, you know, to live, the live, um, area <laughs> where, where customers use it, um, then it breaks, you know, so, so a lot of things always like happen like that. So things always are breaking all the time and that's okay. You know, it's okay to have that failure, but I think it's, it's important to be able to work with them along the way. Now, Patrick, have you in your career, like had, had any like, like written like checklist or, or like actual like steps that maybe a designer needs to follow in order to have their, their design, you know, <laughs> the design quality, like assured. <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but having their quality like checked. And have you ever dealt with that in your career, Patrick? I've never really had, I mean, the only, the only things like I, at other places I've worked, um, a lot of times, depending on the design, like what designer, what, how the design team operated, like, um, we'd have times where it's like all my designs get reviewed by one of the more senior designers or like the director, hmm. um, before they're even like sent to, um, you know, like development or before they're even really handed off kind of thing, you know, before, before they're ready to be built. Um, so I've had that experience before that, that kind of doesn't, that doesn't necessarily apply specifically to engineering, but that does kind of set the table for engineering to have kind of like the final mocks. Um, I've, I've never really worked for a place that had anything real formal other than from like a QA, like a, like a development QA standoff standpoint, um, as having like a, 
like a UX sign-off before it's pushed to production. Okay. So like you you build it, you share it, you have a design review, you go through it with your team, then they start building the project, right? And then when they get near to where it's kind of like, um, you know, build done kind of thing or that kind of stuff, then and they're kind of in bug testing, well, they're testing for bugs and things like that. Um, I've had that period where that's when the UX person could look at it, um, you know, on the on the stage or on you know the development environment, check it out, make any tweaks. Um, I've had that be formalized in some sense. I think. I think you guys did that a little bit at, at Canopy when you were still at Canopy. I know some teams that I've worked for still do that where they have kind of like a, like even like a, a column in Jira where it's like, hey, check this out. It, this this little thing just got pushed to production, right? That that user story, that ticket, and it goes on to the UX board for the UX to review if there's, if there's a requirement for the UX to review mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> and then it sits there until the UX person uh, checks it off and reviews it. Um, I think that's probably been the only formal process I've seen. Um, I think most of the time, yeah, you're, you're just kind of working with um, QA and QA is, you know, look, working with you to get the requirements and everything like that. And then they kind of put it in there in their checklist. Um, I've had that in their checklist before where they go through and make sure that it's up to design spec, even to the point where they'll pull up the mocks, pull up the production value or product the production and, and then compare them visually side by side yeah. um, to make sure that they they look the same and stuff. Um, but beyond that, no, I haven't had anything else. That's been the only things. I know on the design team, you know, I've tried in the past to do our own personal checklists as far as like, does it have everything that it needs before I send it to build? And you could use those same checklists to look at the build product when it's done um, to see. But um, yeah, nothing too formal really. Yeah. That way. Cool. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been my experience as well. Like it's, we've had, you know, like points, like, um, I guess, um, parts of the process where we do take the time to, to make sure people are looking at things. Um, so just like what you said, I have, I've had that UX sign off sort of thing. Like this is almost ready to go out where, you know, we're, we're still tweaking some things, but you can go in and start playing with it and make sure it all looks good. And you, we can't ship anything until you have signed off on this. Um, that's something I've experienced. Um, something else that I've done as well that has been um, really nice is, especially the way, it, let's say you're working in an agile team and you're working in smaller chunks of work. So the developers have broken down this big design you've done into smaller chunks that they're releasing slowly or maybe not slowly, but they're maybe, you know, they're releasing them separately and they'll take the time when they've, they're working on their user story and they build their thing. They'll turn around and, you know, or walk over to you as a designer and say, okay, is this, does this look right? You know, you can test the interaction with them just on their screen um, and see if it is, you know, build to spec, build to the, the design spec. Um, that has been really nice as well, kind of breaking that into smaller pieces and then having another big one. So like you'll you'll have the smaller chunks as they're separated and you're you're signing off on those individual chunks as a designer. And then at the end, to make sure everything's cohesive, you have the final UX sign off, you know, before you if you're releasing something, you know, small pieces together, you're taking the time to go over to make sure the experience as a whole does still work and does make sense. Um, 
that's something else that I've also experienced. But yeah, we I haven't had too many um, formalities other than okay, here's a sign off that you need to sign off as a designer, um, and they they can't they can't move they can't budge until you have, as a designer said, this is good to to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. I think too in that same in that same vein, like I think one thing if your company does this. Um, take a, take the opportunity as a designer to participate in like demo days or, um, you know, when, when engineers, a lot of companies do like a demo day, right? When engineers present what they've been working on to either the rest of the company or just product engineering. Um, I've always found it's, it's, that's a good place too to kind of QA the UX work. It sounds a little weird, but like, cause you, you, you know, you're sitting next to people, you're working with these other people all day long. But um, when they present it, you can you really start to you really see like, oh, well, why is that? Why is that not blue? That looks weird when they interacts with it. Where's the loading screen on there? Mm-hmm. Like it's a good opportunity for you to see sort of like the unpolished version and then go ahead and like check with your engineers and say, hey, like or your PM or whoever, you know, like and see like, hey, there's still a couple things missing, you know, like can we make sure that we get these done so that the design is complete? That the product is complete, the user experience is complete, um, and so I think yeah, taking advantage of like a demo day too and making that more of a formality is a good way to a good way to see that as well. Another thing I've often thought, and I've I've never seen this implemented anywhere. Maybe maybe somebody's done this, um, but another thought I've always thought about was like you know we do design reviews where we design something and then we get the squad together, get the team together who's going to build it, and then review it right. And so you sit down and you review it and you go through the prototype and you go through whatever user testing you did and here's why we're doing this and here's all the different colors and here's what's required. Um, it'd kind of almost be cool to do that as like a, especially if you don't have a QA. I think if you didn't have um, QA in your company, like at your company to, to kind of rely on, I think one, an- another idea would be sort of having like a build review, like a, like a post-build type review where you pull up the, the feature front end dev clicks through it shows you what they've they've built you know gone through it all kind of like a demo just for your own little squad your own team that worked on mm-hmm. it um and then you know have designers in there have back end in there have everybody in there so that they can go oh well we didn't do that or we didn't do this or why didn't we do that or maybe we need to move this over or, you know that kind of thing like have more of a discussion yeah um so like a like a build review instead of you know just like just like a design review, but more of a build review just to make sure all the spe- all the specifications for everything are completed. I know I've and, and from my point, I've generally like always worked at startups, so things are not as formal usually ever. I'm sure there's, um, you know, I'm sure if you asked if if we were to ask people that worked at um, more formalized companies that have more processes or even or even like a design agency, right? Like if you worked, if we if we asked somebody at a design agency who spec things out in a tighter manner, right, than we do at a startup, um, they might have a deeper processor or more stringent process of quality checking. Um, especially, I, I can think of like agencies, they have to do, they've got to do something to quality check their design work um, because a lot of their development stuff is not in-house, so... There's got to be a process, something that they use, right? Yeah. That, that gives them the opportunity to go. Okay, this is, this is ready for the customer to see, 
um, this is ready for because you've got to get a customer sign off. You've got to get all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's probably other methods. I just know from my experience, like startups are, you know, a little bit more like like the Wild West. You know, you kind of just you're just kind of producing to get stuff out. And so you lose some of that less you lose some of the formality and some of the specifications that maybe you need in a in a broader bigger company yeah no that's true i think that'd be interesting to explore a little bit more um i think coming from the startup world i think it's honestly it's okay like i think especially if you're working like an like on an agile team and you're working on your team culture that's something that's always like kind of growing and if you have the culture where you know you're able to have more suggestions and improve your process along the way I think what this really comes down to is like basically open communication between, you know, design, QA and engineering, at least for specifically for what we're talking about here. And based on what it sounds like is you're taking time to, you know, show each other your work and, you know, along this this process of design of of quality assurance and also, you know, building this thing. all of you need to be showing each other your work and collaborating together. And I think as a team, you can decide what works best. It could be on one team. It could be one thing, even in the same company on a different team, it could be something else. I think it would need to be just something that you are um, deciding to do as a team. Um, You could make it more formal. You could make it less formal, but as long as like something is happening in terms of collaboration and communication, right? I think if you you start somewhere, even if it's like if you're not doing anything now and you just start with let's do one check where UX is signing off on this, I think that's a good start. Um, And then you can, you know, do a retro on how that went and be like, well, I think that went well. We could do maybe some more checks or we could just make a commitment to talk to each other some more and collaborate more as we go along. So um, it would be really interesting to find out what's going on at larger companies, um, you know, in terms of formal um, processes. Um, but at the same time, I think you can, you can get things going in, in, you know, a bootstrap way to just talk to each other and, and have a good um, process to, to make sure you have good quality work across all of those different facets. Yeah. Well, and like you said, if you're collaborating well as a team, you don't really need, you don't really need those, those gate, those gates in place, right. To be like, Oh, let's all stop and like, check it out. Because if you're all working together, right? If you're all collaborating together at the same time, um, then yeah, you're all you're, you're seeing the project happen as it happens. Mm-hmm. So you know you don't need that. You don't need that like that that checkup later on. Yeah, I think I think that's possible. I think it might be possible that you you honestly might need it in some cases, like some gates and some things that you'll forget. Um, at my company, um, as a design team, we were reading a book together as like a book club thing, um, a book called The Checklist Manifesto. And that was an interesting book that, of course, talked about checklists and why they're important. Um, and a lot of the stories that we heard about in these books were like from surgeons or from airplane pilots that they kind of went into projects that are complex and they, they kind of went into these knowing, you know, knowing with my finger quotes, knowing what they're supposed to do. Um, but since they didn't have something like simple and um, well-defined written down saying, okay, here's this one thing you have to do that's super important or this plane is going down or this patient is going to die and you might forget this thing and you might, you know, 
you might launch or, or, you know, you might do something that has a really bad effect. So I think at the same time, you, you can go like a little bit rogue and just communicate and, you know, as a team be like, we're, we'll be able to figure this out as we go along. But at the same time as a team, you might miss something together. Um, so that's something you could learn along the way. You know, you could learn the hard way. <laughs> it might be okay. You could learn that you totally forgot error states as a designer, as a QA engineer, um, and as a regular engineer, that you totally forgot this one error state because there wasn't like something saying, have you considered all the error states for this? Um, yeah. And you you publish this and then your customers are like, what happened? You know, this is, you know, this is garbage. <laughs> so I think you'll learn things along the way and you'll you'll improve um, but I agree, you don't have to have gates, but it is good to have um, reminders um, and to, you know, at least be collaborating as a team um, and working on um, making your, your work be very um, high quality. Agreed. 100%. I hope Ben Pham agrees. Oh, me too. I hope he's listening right now and he's like, I agree. Very interesting. Should, should we have like a moment of silence just to see if maybe we hear something, you know, from the universe to yeah. see if, okay. Should we, should we do like the door of the Explorer thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey Ben, what are your thoughts? That's awesome. I'm glad it helps you. <laughs> da, 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 design much? <laughs> Well, now we know for sure, Patrick, without a doubt, that Ben was great with our answer. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> I don't even know that half of that show's in Spanish, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Well, maybe you should watch the show more, and you would learn those Spanish words, Patrick. Do you speak Spanish, Andy? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you spit some Spanish no. for us? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. You can't make me. Is that the only language you know? Um, I know English, too. Do you know another yeah. language? English? Spanish, yeah. English. Um, that's about it, yeah. That's about it. Working on a little bit of the, the token dialect. What is that called? The The language from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know too much of that one yet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about that. <laughs> There's no Dora the Explorer Dora um, yeah. ep, uh, show that will teach me um, that Tolkien language. So it's, it's slow going. Is, it, is, is Gandalf, just, just to get me straight so the geeks don't go too crazy <laughs> on us, Gandalf is in Lord of the Rings, right? That's right, yes. Okay, so yeah, you're watching Lord of the Rings, and it's like four and a half million hours long for the first one, and you're cruising through, and Gandalf doesn't stop and like look at the screen, look at you guys, and be like, <laughs> be like, where's the ring? And then you're like, it's right there, Gandalf. And then Gandalf is like, why? Thank you. And then they they move forward. No, that that doesn't happen. You know, sadly enough, it doesn't happen. Not that I've seen yet. Yeah, they should do a movie like that. Yeah. Have they ever done a movie like that where it's like audience participation? 
I don't know. They did a Dora movie like a couple years ago. Yeah. And in the trailer, I didn't see any of that. So I didn't go see the movie. Hmm. You know, so. I know they do the musicals, right? They do musicals and people sing along and they got the little bouncing thing and whatever. Yeah. You know, they do like The Greatest Showman or whatever and they've got the, everybody sings. That's true. But yeah, it'd be interesting to take like a, take like Die Hard, right? <laughs> And like re reshoot Die Hard, but then reshoot it to where he's like he like interacts with the audience occasionally. Yeah, yeah that would be great. I mean, there's the occasional where the actor will like look at the audience, you know, mm-hmm. or like Deadpool where he kind of like winks at you, stuff like that. But there's never been the uh, the full on like ask the audience a question. <laughs> if they did it in like a Star Wars movie, it would for sure get a lot of response. You know, when you go to a Star Wars movie. It's like coming out for the first time and the audience is cheering and, you know, they see Yoda show up and they're like, whoa. Um, yeah. I think if, if they if Yoda stopped and asked them a question, they would yell it back. Told everybody in the audience would, you know. What if what if Yoda asked all of the Yodas in the audience? Because, you know, there's going to be like 40 people dressed up as Yoda in the audience. That's true. Yeah. Like Luke, Luke asked him a question and he's like, hmm. And he turns to the audience and he's like, audience, do you think? And then all the Yodas in the audience go, me think you should do this. Yes. That'd be sweet. I, I, I think so, too. I think, you know, that, that shared, like, emotion that you feel when you go see those movies, that would be so much more enhanced if we could all respond and have a conversation with Yoda. Answer his, yeah. his you know, his kindergarten questions. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Do you have another five minutes, Andy? Another five minutes, I do. Yeah, I have a, I have a question for okay. you. Um, the Mandalorian. Have you are you caught up? Have you watched? I um. I didn't watch last week's episode, so I am one week behind. But I am like on the right season. I was just gonna ask you if you if you I, I didn't know I didn't know you were already caught up. Yeah. What's what last what what. What's the last episode? What's the name of it? Was it the Jedi one? The Jedi one. Uh, what do you mean the Jedi one? Um, I don't think you're there yet. What was the last thing that happened? The last thing that happened that you watched. Um, it was when. Hmm. The Mandalorian went and blew up. <laughs> he blew up a a a. a uh, oh my gosh, I can't talk right now. So he went and blew up imperial a, base, an imperial right? base. Thank you, imperial is the word I was looking okay. for. And then he was like flying around, shooting the TIE fighters, and baby Yoda was going, whoa, like when he was sitting in the, yeah. the cockpit. Um, okay. That's the last one I saw. That's the last one you yeah. saw? Okay, then I'm not going to spoil it because the next one's a big episode for you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's a big, big episode. I'm excited. I just want your take. I want your take on The Mandalorian, the, the feel of The Mandalorian, the... Uh, what is your take on it? Okay. So Star Wars for me in, in the movie universe has been getting really rocky. Um, my <laughs> point of view, it's been, it's been kind of going downhill. I um, didn't like the, the ending, the last you know movie of the trilogy too much. I found that to be disappointing and that's okay. doesn't have to go with, you know, the way I want it to be, but that's the way I was feeling. Um, the Mandalorian, however, has been 
um, a wonderful breath of fresh air. Um, I love how it's a really simple premise and it's a very like, um, it's like a spaghetti Western, you know, like just every week you're just like on this like really short um, and simple adventure where you know they're going to live, but at the end, like there's something going on in the episode, you're like, oh no, what are they going to do? They're never going to get out of this one, you know? Um, Especially, you know, that, that spider monster one. Did you see that one, Patrick? Yeah, yeah. That one was like how are they going to get out of this, you know, this problem? Um, so that was, I, I've really liked its simplicity. Um, it, it still is trying to do like the nod to the rest of the stuff in the Star Wars universe. And I'm just like, whatever. But um, I've really enjoyed that this isn't like another, another Skywalker saga sort of thing. It's a very simple story um, that I've been following. So I've, I've really liked it so far. And I've been just enjoying um, this simple ride. That's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really well done. Sometimes it's a little cheesy. Yeah. But Star Wars is supposed to be a little cheesy. Like when you when you watch the originals, right? Like mm-hmm. you're like that's so cheesy. <laughs> that looks like a model. That's whatever, you know. But it's but it's it's the fun part of it, right? That I think they that that John Favreau has brought back to Star Wars is like it's not an action movie, you yeah. know? Like the, like to your point, I think the the new ones all feel like they're supposed to be action movies where they I mean, they, there's action in there, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, but it's like, it's more of a story. Right. And I really like the pacing. I know people have complained about the Mandalorian slow, but I think the pacing is, is perfect. Like there's enough time to like process everything that's happening and think about stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the Boba Fett armor episode of the beginning of the season, this season, right? Season two. Yeah where uh timothy oliphant right shows up and he's wearing boba fett's armor like it's a cool reference but they also don't dwell on it you know because these aren't the same characters like yes the mandalorian has no clue about any of that stuff that's going on so then it's like he doesn't know what this armor means to the audience and i like that they have the conversation and you get you get a chance as a view you get like as a listener listener as a viewer you get the chance to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool that they have that. But, like, this is a different story, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's it's. I like the pacing. I like the slow, the, the more of the slow pacing. And I like that every episode's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, kind of back to the armor thing, I, I really like how um, in, in a lot of these recent, you know, the more modern Star Wars movies, they've had, like, these these nods to the Star Wars universe um and in this one they have those nods but they're subtle enough that like if you don't know the universe super well you're not confused (laughs) it's like if you watch that episode for example you'll see a guy wearing that armor but you don't really know it's boba fett's armor and it doesn't matter to the story it's not super important whereas like if you're watching rogue one and you see the i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you guy like turn around and say i'm gonna kill you to the the rogue one lady or whatever like it was like, what is the deal with that guy? You know, but that was like a yeah. super obvious, like, oh, here, this is a Star Wars movie sort of thing. Um, yeah. And that one was that really wasn't well done. But I, I really like how it's subtle enough that um, you can enjoy those small nods, but you don't have to to understand the story. Um, so that's I think it's been a really fun ride. And also speaking to to what you mentioned, like they kind of brought back the fun of Star Wars. Like, I totally agree with that. Like, it's just like, 
it's really quirky in some places um just like like yoda just eating like those the the baby yoda eating those (laughs) (laughs) the the other aliens frog eggs eggs, like (laughs) they're just like all those silly things that are going on um that i think are great and simple and i I keep saying the word simple um but i I think it's been just a, a nice breath of fresh air um for the star wars world so i've been enjoying that a lot yeah Okay, well, the next episode is going to be a good one, Andy, that you're going to watch. Ooh, I'm excited. <sighs> no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you what happens, but I'm not going to. Yeah, don't do that. That would make me upset. I, I, I need to, you know, I need to be in the dark room. No, no distractions. Watch the thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think that's it, Andy. It is. I think episode ninety-five done. Done. I think we've done our duty. <laughs> okay. See you, man. <laughs> See ya. You want to know the best way to support the podcast, and I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is, share it. Share it with a coworker. Share it with a family member. Share it with a friend. Share it with whoever you want to. Share it with a construction worker. Share it with somebody. It doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast, though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmuch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org contact and fill out the form. 